Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Thank you. How sweet is he? Wow. Brownie points for you. Um, <laughs> I am very excited and no pressure. Wow, what an intro. Um, but yes, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing this morning, sharing my heart, my take on what God has shown us for this year. And man, am I excited. And more than just being excited about what I've seen, I'm excited that I get to do this with all of you. I think we have a beautiful family here at Lift Church. And so thank you. Give yourselves a round of applause. You guys are an amazing church. You guys are awesome. I would also like to welcome Pastor Hayden and Luke. These guys are awesome. It's been really cool working with you guys. 12 months. Yay, happy anniversary. It's good. Um, But yeah, actually, Pastor Nate stole my spiel about how we've been working with these guys. But that's cool. I can get straight into the message. So are you ready this morning? Are you ready to hear? Awesome. And Robin, I love your energy this morning. You're just bringing something so special. I love it. I love it. Um, But for those of you who weren't here last week or haven't managed to listen to the podcast, make sure you do. Pastor Nate um, pretty much outrolled what we have seen from God for this year for our church and with that we've got some pretty exciting goals that I believe we will kick by the end of this year. Um, do I have anyone there with me? Yes, amen. Um, so he outrolled all of that last week. So that's actually a bit of a precursor to what I'm sharing this morning. I'm sharing more of the heart. Um, and I guess importantly as well, I want to share a bit about the kind of people we need to be in order to carry this vision and see it fulfilled this morning. So I'm really excited to share that with you. Um, the passage of scripture that we've been focusing on, um, as many of you know, is Isaiah 54. And so Pastor Nate unpacked a lot of that last week, but I just want to recap a little bit. Um, what was going on during Isaiah 54, that whole chapter, was that the um, Jews, the Israelites, had been exiled for years um, under Babylonian rule. And what God was about to do was he, he was about to um, free them from their slavery, free them from their oppression. Um, um, and, and allow them to return home, bring them home. And so the Jews that were left, they needed to make room. And I'm not talking about extending, you know, a few meters on each house. I'm talking about room. There were about, numbers-wise, about 42 to 50,000 people who were going to be returning home. That's a massive renovation. <laughs> that's that's whole another level. And um, the really cool thing that God showed me in this whole chapter of, of making room, making room for the growth that God wants to bring from our community into his kingdom through our church, the thing that he highlighted most in this, um, this passage was verse 2. It says this, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. I love that. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. And so this is what God has placed on my heart to share with you this morning. How do we not hold back? How do we give everything? How do we just go all out in what God wants to see happen so that we can be the vessels for that growth? Um, Another translation uh, talks about do not hold back as spare no expense. And so this year, I believe that if we are a people who do not hold back, if we spare no expense in, in running with this vision, that we will certainly see it fulfilled. So I'm really excited for that. 
Um, so when uh, a passage that came to mind when talking about sparing no expense and, and let every, letting everything go in order to follow Jesus was, of course, um, Jesus's disciples. We see that as Jesus is going and gathering his disciples in the Gospels, that this is a prerequisite. This is something that each uh, disciple had. It was a characteristic that they had. Um, and, and so that's why Jesus um, chose them. They were willing to give up everything everything. And so we see that all throughout um, the Gospels. But this morning, I want us to focus on Luke chapter 5. Um, and we'll have the passage on on um, the screen there. But it is a bit of a long passage. So this morning, what we're actually going to be doing a little bit different is that we're actually going to be um, preach. Well, I'm going to be preaching through this passage. So you've got to stay on the journey, stay on track with me. Um, but Luke chapter 5, here we see, um, we find Jesus uh, at the shores of the Sea of Galilee. So he's speaking to a crowd of people and, and they're starting to crowd around him. He, he's no longer being able to see who he's actually talking to. And so what Jesus needs to do is get a better vantage point. He sees next to the shore two boats. Um, I don't think, so the thing God, God, I guess, spoke to me about this is that I don't think Jesus actually knew who those boats belonged to. And so he he basically just needed a better view, a better perspective of the people in order to talk to all of them. And so he just jumped onto one of the boats. Now, the boat that he jumped onto was owned by a man named Simon. His name's Simon Peter. And so if I start talking about Peter halfway through the sermon, it's the same guy. So I don't want to confuse you. I'll say that right then and there. Um, and so uh, Jesus um, jumps onto Simon's boat and, and just asks him, come out a little bit so that I can speak to the people. And so Jesus gives his sermon. He's talking to the people. And then at the end of that, he actually tells Simon, a fisherman, a man who's been doing this as his career for, for however long, we don't know. Um, he tells him to go put out into the, further out into the water into a particular deep spot. Now, the thing is, Simon had been fishing all night, him and his partners. They'd been going at it all night, and there, there was nothing. They didn't catch anything, not one fish. And so Simon, you know, he's a bit like... I'm the fisherman. Come on, you're, you're the preacher. You're the carpenter's son, actually. Um, that's, that's more your trade. Um, but I love Simon's response. So let's take a look at Simon's response. He responds with this, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And so what we see as we continue in the story is that just by being obedient to Jesus's request, Jesus's ask of him. Simon actually hauls in the biggest catch of his whole entire career. And we know that because him and his partners are just in shock and awe at the amount of fish that the nets are pulling in just out of his obedience. And you know, just to tell you a bit of a story, um, going back to when we were dreaming up Lyft and, and beginning to launch Lyft Church, um, we, we were approached by so many people and they heard, you know, Vic Park, oh, that means Curtin Uni, that means uni student church. You're going to be a uni student church. And I don't know whether it was, you know, people constantly coming and, and assuming that and telling us that, that we were actually like, you know what, we don't want to be a uni student church. Like it's really, you know, it, it would be really difficult to build with people who come for four, three years years and then go back home and so we're like god we really don't want to be a uni student church 
But in October 2015, God completely interrupted those plans, as he does. I love that he does that. Um, and Pastor Nate and I were at a HarvestNet meeting. Lift Church is actually, um, was partly planted out of a network of churches called HarvestNet. And so we we're meeting with all of these pastors. And when we meet up together, we have this time of prayer and we lay hands on each other and, and we prophesy, we get words from God for each other. And... Um, there's this one particular pastor, she has that gift of prophecy and she's just really sharp and accurate. And so as she began to speak, I was like, yes, Lord, okay, I know this is straight from you and this is actually going to happen. Um, and as she began to speak, she said, I see Curtin University opening its doors to you. I see... I see um, you guys going in and, and just where, you know, other organizations weren't able to go. You guys were able to go into these places. You begin to reach students. You know, you have students that would come and be blessed by you, then go back home and carry what you've deposited with them back home. But then you'd also have students that come in and they help build the local church with you. And so Pastor Nate and I were sitting there, we're like, oh, God, the very thing that we were resisting, he, he actually was like, well, you know what? That's the very thing you're going to do. Um, and so I'm just so glad that God works like that. And then we got in contact with Hayden and, and we connected. And yeah, and now, wow, what we've seen in Curtin Uni so far, um, and even Hayden was saying that, um, yeah, the first meeting or well, the meetings that we've been to have just been like, we walk out and we're like, what just happened? I can't believe what just happened. Um, so it's amazing. It really is amazing. But it was because of our simple yes, even though there was that resistance in the beginning, there was that yes. And so now we're actually reaping the harvest from that. We're seeing the benefits of that obedient step. And, you know, for Simon, for him, it was a case of uh, a bit of like, I'm, I'm tired. This is going to be a real stretch out of my comfort zone. And for us, certainly we're like, God, this is outside the plans. <laughs> what? Um, so it was a stretch for us. But saying that yes has allowed us to go to places that we never thought we could we could be and be an influence for God's kingdom so it's so so good um, and just one other thing that um, Pastor Nate and I we kind of um, it's like God gave us this catchphrase for the kind of church that we want to be as we were dreaming up lift and that catchphrase was we want to be the church that the community can't do without we want to be the church where um, organizations that aren't religious that aren't Christian actually have our backs are actually saying no you, you can't come against this church because of all the benefits we've reaped um, the community has has been become healthier because of them we that's the kind of church that we want that's the one that we want to be but the thing is we can dream that up as much as we want and we can pray that into being as much as we want but it's our yes now it's our yes now that counts in the little things in the things that stretch us in the things even in your personal life but us as a church as well when you are being challenged when it's a challenge from God can I encourage you say yes just say yes step out do it because you have no idea what God is going to do in and through you so we are going to be people, 2017, where we say yes to what God has called us to. Thank you. I'm so glad you guys are on board with this. This is awesome. So we're going to be a people that say yes. So continuing on with the story with Simon and, and his fishing mates. Um, so he, he has obeyed Jesus. Tick. He said yes to Jesus' request. He goes and puts his nets out into the deep water and 
before his very eyes, fish start to fill the nets. He calls to his partners as he sees his nets starting to break. He says, come on, guys, I need your help with this. I need your help. And, and then they're hauling it onto the, onto the boat. Their boats are starting to break as well at this amazing, amazing catch. And, you know, this part of um, the, the passage, God just re-highlighted to me again that Lift Church, we don't exist to become an empire. We don't exist to be a fortress of our own, but we actually... We believe in partnership. We, we love partnership because um, we believe that we can go further. We can have a further reach, amen, when we partner with other organizations who are doing things well, who are doing things excellently and who have the same heart, the same kingdom cause. And so this morning, this is where I'm going to ask Pastor Hayden to join us. And yep, Marcy and Derek, if you can help us out. Um, talk amongst yourselves. We're just going to hop up onto the stage. Thank you. Awesome. Let's welcome up Pastor Hayden. Thank you for that. Morning. So good. How great. Now I feel like we're really privileged to have you here because you've left your newborn son to be with us today. Yes. Cooper. Well, only for a few hours. Yeah, only not for a much. few hours. <laughs> Couple of hours. Yeah, it's yeah. not too bad. Not too bad. Um, so this is so funny. I've never done great. an interview before. I love it. I'll so be kind. Good. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. Um, so, <laughs> the first thing that um, that really, I guess, jumped out to me when I met with yourself and and the Red Frogs guys is that you do have this beautiful big vision, um, and I guess what I've heard it articulated as is that you are safeguarding this next generation. Yeah. Now, this is a massive, massive goal. Um, how do you guys actually see that goal being met and continuing to be met, really, because yeah. it's a continuing thing? So, yeah. Cool. Hey, first of all, why don't we uh, give it up for Pastor Beck and Pastor Nate, <laughs> building, <laughs> building a great church uh, here in Vic Park, and I just love uh, the heart for the, that these guys have, not just for you, uh, but the, for their local community as well. So it's um, it's a privilege for me to be here today um, and being a part of your experience, um, which is awesome. But um, I guess, yeah, it is massive, safeguarding the next generation. And it's kind of out there and it's kind of big. But, you know, I could talk about, you know, we could go to the Bible. And I guess the basis of Red Frogs is Matthew 28, where it says, going to all the world. And so you kind of go, well, that's pretty big. Um, and that's lots to do. And then I could go through, like, our strategic direction for Red Frogs, which is, you know, our signposts and talking about, you know, being sustainably resourced and building into the local church and all that sort of thing. But I actually think that safeguarding the next generation is going, what is in your hand that you can do right now? Very good. Great. For us, it's a bag of frogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 1.3 kilo bag of sugar. Um, and in Western Australia, we hand out 1,000 kilos of frogs every year. 12.1 ton nationally, uh, fully sponsored uh, by Allens as well. But we just kind of gone, okay, we've got something in our hand. We've got a group of young people that need Jesus. Um, someone said before the service, do we need missionaries in Australia? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and I could tell you some stories about why we do. Um, but it's going, what's in your hand? And even if it's not at your university or at a music festival, what can you do in your local community? Mm. What can you do in your neighbourhood? What can you do at your workplace where you can just be an answer to someone? It doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but what have you got right now that you can go, hey, 
you know what, I'm generous, so I can be generous with my words. Or you hear of a colleague who's got an unwell family member, cook them a meal. Um, and so by that, by reaching out to one person, we can literally change a generation. And we can safeguard them and we can be the fence at the top of the cliff so that they don't need the ambulance at the bottom. That's awesome. And I love that. God is so about that. He uses us the way we are, where we're at in life and with what we've got to, to be an impact to others. I really yeah. love that. Um, last moment where I'm at. Um, so, the and you did share a little bit about, um, I guess, the track record of Red Frogs or the impact that has been. But can you, um, I guess, elaborate a little bit about that? Maybe yeah. if there's a story in there as well that you can share. Sure. Awesome. Um, so... I guess something that's really re recent is uh, you would have all heard of Leavers Week or Schoolies Week uh, that happened at the end of November. And so in uh, Western Australia, there was about 10,000 young people that celebrated Leavers uh, across the southwest and right in this island. We're talking um, thousands. Uh, I think it's around 75,000 nationally over the three weeks that Schoolies runs in the country. Um, but during that week, we actually run a call centre. Um, and so this is a 24-hour 1300 number that these young people can call at any time to get any help. And they call it for lots of different things. Some of them actually just ring for pancakes um, or for red frogs. Uh, but other, than, other young people ring for more serious things where maybe uh, their friend is intoxicated or their friend has passed out or their friend's been involved in a fight or something like that. And, and just last year, 9,343 people rang that hotline. What is crazy about that, and I can talk through that, um, you know, 41 of them were suicide ideation and 77 of those were drug-related um, and things like that. But that's nearly 9,500 young people who, when they were in trouble at the biggest drinking event in Australia, they rang the church for help. Because they know that we're there. We know that they know that actually they're not going to judge us, yeah. that they're going to love us. And while Red Frogs is this organisation, we actually can't and we don't operate without the local church. Yeah. We're here to, to, to build into uh, what you guys are doing and to give you tools for you to be able to complete the vision that you have for this year, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading some of the stats on, I think it was Instagram, you're putting some, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> This is a local church that has a big thinking mentality um, and has got big goals and big dreams and big vision that is from God and is going to do it. Um, but like Red Frogs, we can't do it without this. Um, and so that's 9,500 young people. Last year um, in our uni ministry across Australia, 217,000 young people were impacted by Red Frogs. Again, 217,000 people who are in a society or in an, um, an organisation um, like a university where you're told, think freely, open up your mind, don't conform, yeah. they were impacted by the church. Yeah. Um, they were impacted by people who love them and who kind of went, you know what? You're looking for an answer. I have the answer yeah. Yeah. Uh, right here that can actually change your life. And so um, that's the stats. I guess if we break it down to WA, uh, last year we saw uh, one of the local churches like you guys that, that, that's committed to a university and to a college. Uh, they saw nine people come to their church um, over the, just in semester two um, of last year, which was really, really awesome. There's another church uh, a little bit closer to the city, not my church, a different church, but they had one young guy uh, come to their church from one of the colleges. And through that connection, 60 people joined their church. Wow. <laughs> wow. So don't, don't forsake the ones. Don't just go, oh, we only saw one person come to church. No, no, you don't know the impact that that's going to have and the lives that are going to be changed, the lives are going to be transformed through that one connection. So 
Yeah, that's that's kind of what we do. That's so good. And that's it's just amazing. by handing out a lolly. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. would have thought, hey? I know. That's amazing. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> if you're from overseas, a red frog is like, uh, if you're from America, uh, Swedish fish or Swiss fish, it's kind of like that. Um, it's just a jelly, like... It's like nothing fancy. It is. It's just sugar. Yeah, it's really funny handing them out on campus. How many um, like people from Malaysia and Singapore, they'll be like, uh, what is that? Like They'll want to come and look into the bag and I'm like, it's just a lolly. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really funny. I thought yeah. people would know. Anyway. It's breaking their mentality of generosity as yeah, well. Yeah, yes. But you're not wanting anything. Does have a lot. Just that's so true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's been amazing, actually. That's been really common. Um, I love that you mentioned a few stories, like that you could tell us a few stories. Yep. What would be your favourite? And I know that's talking about 16 years. Yeah. Yep, 16 years you've been involved. Yep. Um, but out of those 16 years, what's a story that just really helps you realise again, this is why you do it? Uh, his name is Fraser. And um, we're at Levers. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit, I think it was about six years ago. Um, and... I kind of got really caught up in the whole leadership and um, we have nearly 100 volunteers that, that do levers and so we're taking 100 people literally on a one week mission trip to the southwest and so just the logistics behind that is crazy. Um, but I would kind of got caught up in all that stuff and it was the last night of levers and I really felt like, we call it frogging, I felt like I hadn't actually been on the ground handing out frogs and connecting. Uh, with young people and um, I said to a couple of the guys in my team they were like oh what do you want to do and and I said let's go let's let's get ready let's grab some frogs and let's just head out and um, and so we're, we're getting dressed I'm, in, I'm kind of having a shower getting changed just going what are you doing this is the last night just have like this is like your ninth night on location like what are you doing and I was like no nah, I've got to go so we um we were driving to um Dunsborough Motel which if you know Dunsborough it's uh, Dunbay Road in the middle there across the road from Coles um and as we were walking in there I just started going okay God I'm I'm here I'm available and you know if there's someone that I meant to meet, then then let's let's do that. And um, our team were doing pancakes. I think it was about one o'clock in the morning by this stage. And our team were cooking pancakes. Um, and I just went up to this young kid and I said, "Hey, man, do you want a red frog?" He's like, "Yeah." And I started chatting to him about school, and you kind of have the same lingo because you know that they've just graduated. So the conversation is really easy. What school did you go to? What did you study? Um, and then the next question is kind of so we make it real simple. Um, <laughs> And then the next question is um, normally around, oh, so what's the plans for next year? And, and he kind of said, oh, uh, nah, I don't, I don't really have any plans next year. I, I can't really do anything. And, and I'm like, oh, oh why is that? And he kind of started sharing with me a little bit about his family and um, the fact that he was for, his parents were divorced and he was living with his mum and his stepdad. And his stepdad was quite violent and aggressive towards him. And... And he was just like, oh, well, I'm, I've got no hope. I don't, I don't have anything that I want to do. And I said, oh, come on, man. Like, you, you're 17. <laughs> You've got, like, the whole world in front of you. There must be something. If you could do anything, what would you do? And he said, I would join the Air Force. And I just started going, come on, man. You can do that. Like, you're a bright kid, and you can go and do that. And it doesn't matter what other people have told you about your past, but your future is bright. Yeah. Um, and you have a plan, a purpose, and a destiny that was laid out before you were born. And, and you can do that if that's what you really want to do. And he looked at me, and he had tears streaming down his face. And he said, no one has ever told me that before. As a 17-year-old kid, 
That's why we need missionaries in Australia. Because there is a generation of young people that don't have any hope, that think that life is just an, um, the next beer, the next pub, the next relationship. Uh, there's a hope for them and there's a future for them. And so, so I do this for the Frasers. Um, I do this for those young guys that don't have hope and I want to go, you know what? Here's a direction you can go. Here's a path that you can go. Um, and you can see the fullness of your life mapped out right in front of you. So that's my, that's my one story. Um, but yeah, I love Fraser. He's a legend. Oh, so He's cool. awesome. Can't wait for more Fraser's. Yep, yeah, totally. It's going to be totally. good. It's going to be good. Come on, why don't we thank Pastor Hayden for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll head back down. So I hope you guys now can see even more the privilege it is with having such amazing partners and, and just being able to, because these guys have laid the ground. Like they've, they've been doing this for years and, and then we just kind of come in and, and grab onto what they're doing and, and just run with it. And, and we're actually really so thankful for that, guys, that you have such a great reputation with so many organisations and then we can just kind of come in and, and do what you guys are doing. So it's awesome. So good. So um, with that, uh, Pastor Nate did mention that we're doing um, a Zupa Duper drive this weekend and next weekend. So when you are at the grocery shop, make sure... Grace, grocery shop, you're at the grocery store, um, make sure you grab a pack of that. Um, but as well, we're going to be having tons of events this year, really, um, where you can come in on campus with us and we'll go frogging um, together. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure you come and have a chat with myself or even with these guys um, in the foyer after the experience and we'll be able to point you in the right direction with that. Um, but it's going to be so good and I really do look forward to having a further reach and it's already begun gone um, through Red Frogs and, and other partnerships that we're going to be making this year. It's fantastic. So coming back to our story, Simon the Fisherman. Um, Simon and his partners have just filled their boats. They've just filled their boats with all of this, this fish um, and and Simon has this moment of realisation. It's like chaos, chaos, chaos. Quick, we've got to be doing these things. And then there's like this moment where he kind of just takes a step back and breathes a little bit. Um, but this moment, in this moment, he actually sees who Jesus is, that Jesus is the Christ. He, it's like Jesus is revealed to him. Let's take a look. Um, he, this is what Simon does when he has this moment. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. See, it was through this miracle, it was through Simon's yes, and then this miracle happening that Simon was able to see Jesus for who he was. He was able to see him as the Christ. And you know, the one thing I believe that kind of trumps everything in order for us to keep on going, in order for us to hold nothing back this year, is to have a constant, ongoing revelation of who Jesus Christ is. It, it all hinges on that. Um, Last year, just to share a bit of a story, how revelation really can change our lives. Um, the scripture 1 John 4.18 is one that we kind of um, talk about a lot. But for me, last year, it actually became real to me. It says, perfect love casts out fear. 
And so I, I was going through some things and God was um, dealing with some fears in my life. Um, and he just led me to the scripture that perfect love casts out all fear and that his perfect love was embodied by Jesus Christ himself. And so the thing is, what I found is that we remain fearful in the areas of our lives where there is yet a revelation of Jesus. If you think about it, we, we can fear not having enough money, not having enough um, resource to actually live our lives and, and to have a roof over our head. But we only fear that when there's no revelation that God is actually our provider, that God loves us so much as his children, that he, he will take care of us. There's actually nothing that we need to be anxious about, but all we got to do is ask God. All we got to do is pray. And if you think about it, a, a big fear of humanity is that is the fear of failing. But I love that with Jesus, when he's revealed to us, we can see that we don't need to fear failure because Jesus makes something glorious out of our mess. If you think about it, what, what has happened in your life and see how Jesus has come through for you. He makes amazing things out of our failures, out of our mistakes. And so the revelation, an ongoing revelation of Jesus is what's going to help us to keep on carrying this vision forward. That's actually what's going to help us. Um, you know, when we feel like giving up, we don't give into the fear because fear will. It will cripple us. It will hold us back. But then, but the knowledge that just seeing Jesus, meeting with Jesus on an ongoing basis and having him revealed to us, that's what's going to keep us going all out. That's what, what's going to help us keep on track with our vision. And so the third and the last truth. So the first thing is that we're going to be a people who say yes. We're going to be a people who say yes to what God calls us to. We're going to be a people who have an ongoing revelation. We put ourselves in places like lift groups, at lift church on a Sunday during the experience. We put ourselves in a place where we can have Christ revealed to us. That's the people we're going to be. And thirdly, we're going to be a people who have necessary endings necessary endings. I want you to just catch a hold of that phrase, necessary endings. You see, um, I believe that this is something that us as Christians struggle with. We are cool with saying yes, like we're, we're all in saying yes, but then we don't realize that sometimes when we say yes, we actually need to say no to something. There's actually something that we've got to let go of, whether it's something in our past or people in our past, we actually have to let go of it in order to run in the direction that God has for us. And so in the passage we read, Simon falls at Jesus' feet and Jesus responds, don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and followed him. From now on, you will fish for people. You see, Simon's necessary ending was that he didn't need his boat anymore. He didn't need his fishing nets, his fishing rods, all that gear anymore because he was no longer going to fish for people, for, for fish. He was going to be fishing for people. Can you imagine, so Simon's having this experience with Jesus. He says yes to him. A miracle happens right before his eyes. And then 
And then he actually sees Jesus. Jesus is revealed to him as the Christ. Can you imagine then that as he's pulling his boat on shore, as he's going to put away his gear and his nets, that, that he actually starts to think, but I'm letting go of my career. I'm letting go of all I've ever known. I'm letting go of this job that's usually secure. Last night was a bad night, but it's usually secure. I'm letting go of everything I know. I have to let go of my family and of my friends and of my partners. Man, can you imagine if Simon actually started to think like that and start to doubt and second guess instead of just saying yes and and following Jesus, leaving everything behind. The thing is, Simon was the one that took the gospel to the Gentiles. For those of you who don't know who the Gentiles are, it's you and me. It's people who don't have that Jewish um, background, who, who aren't Jews. Simon was the one to first bring the gospel. Who knows where we would be today without Simon? You know, Simon was also the preacher at the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came and baptized people for the first time in history. Simon was the one preaching that message, bringing people into the kingdom of God. Can you imagine if he stopped at that point, if he said yes to Jesus, he knew who Jesus was, but he wasn't willing to hang up his past life. He wasn't willing to leave everything in order to say yes to Jesus and go where he was calling him to. You know, sometimes what we need to let go of sometimes it's easy sometimes you know we're already sensing in our heart it's kind of a season to move on um, to pursue something new but sometimes it's really difficult to leave some things behind you know um, this was quite some time back even before Pastor Nate and I were married but we went along to this Harvest Net meeting where potential Harvest Net church planners were gathering together and again we had a time where the pastors would come lay hands and pray for us and and get a word from God for us and I remember this word so clearly because it it what came after that was such a defining point in my life um, Pastor David Storr of Life City Church he he saw this vision of me trying to run forward that the call had been made known to me the call of God had been made known to me for my life and I was trying to run forward towards Jesus but from time to time I'd look back and from time to time my hand would actually be holding the hand of of people who would be holding me back and what was really quite tough at that point was that I saw the faces of the people it was people I knew it was people I loved people who I journey with journeyed with for such a long time and yet God was calling me to let go let go of those relationships and maybe it wasn't let letting go of completely I do like I do believe that we should remain friends with people that might not influence in the best way just so we can reach them we can be an influence to them but sometimes we need to distance ourselves there are things that we need to leave there are things that we need to let go of in order to say yes to God and so if you're here this morning and and you're feeling like yeah there's actually people in my life there are actually things in my life that I know that I know God's been speaking to me about he's he's asking me to let go because there's something there's something more waiting for me can I encourage you it's not easy but when you walk in obedience, when you say that yes to God and, and let go of those things that need to remain in your past, you won't regret that one bit. You will never regret that. And I'm a living testimony of that. You know, <coughs> maybe you're here this morning um, and you're ready to go. You're like, stronger 17, come on, 
I'm so ready for it. And wow, where did January go, by the way? Oh my gosh. Um, so you're here. You're so ready for this year. You're so ready to grab on to what God has called you to. But there are things that you need to say yes to. And there are things that you need to hang up, leave in your past, and so you can go and walk forward. And this morning, what I want to do is actually lead us in a prayer shortly, just dedicating that to God and, and dedicating ourselves afresh to God and, and that process of letting go so we can go forward, that necessary ending. But right now, I just want to talk to those who haven't yet had that moment of saying yes to Jesus. You know, for every Christian in this place, so you're not alone this morning, every Christian in this place has had that moment in their life, that turning point where they said yes to Jesus and there was a necessary end that happened in their life. For me, it was, I think I was 11 years old when I first met Jesus and I gave my life to him. But the thing is, from there, the Bible Bible says that those who are in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And from that moment of asking Jesus into my life, the old way of living, that was put behind me. The way where I used to live a slave to sin, where sin would control my life and, and it was like I couldn't get rid of it, I couldn't get past it, I couldn't shake its grip on my life. From there, I was free. Jesus set me free and I could now walk into a new way of living. The old had gone, the new had come. And this morning, God wants to do that in your life as well. So I'm just going to ask you right now to bow your head and to close your eyes because this is such a personal moment. I just shared that moment with you. And this morning, I believe that there are people who will say yes to Jesus for the first time. And there's going to be a necessary ending of the old in your life. But there's the new that's going to come. And Jesus is going to lead you. The thing is, the Bible says that we all have sinned. So I talked about how in my life, sin took a hold of my life. We're all slaves to sin before we actually meet with Jesus, before we invite him into our life. The Bible says that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. It's not just me. It's not just individuals here. It's all of us. And the payment for this sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. And why did he do this? Pastor Nate spoke about this earlier today. God sent his son Jesus to us simply because he loved us. Simply because he knew that we couldn't get out of sin ourselves, but that Jesus could make that possible. And so he sent him, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not experience death for all eternity. That's not our destination anymore but we will have life everlasting. And so this morning, if you want that, if you want to invite Jesus into your heart today for the first time, or maybe you want to come back to him this morning, all it takes, the Bible says, and I love that it's so simple, is that it takes believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from death to life. And so right now, I want to put that invitation out to you. If that's you and you would like this morning to put an end to those things in your life and have Jesus make you new and have those new beginnings start from today, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to raise your hand. And that's just to let me know that I'm praying with you and that you're making that decision this morning. And then together we are going to say that confession. 
So on the count of three, one, two, three. Awesome. Yeah, so good. Thank you, God. Come on, why don't we make that confession together, repeating after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour. I believe that you died for my sin and rose again. Come make me a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.